On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're investigating life as a PI with Patricia Arquette in High Desert on Apple TV+, running away from it all and living on a sailboat with Paramount+, Plus in their original show No Escape, and looking into a series of killings in Wales in BBC One's Steel Town Murders. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters, and a podcast that finally knows when it's going to see Peacock's poker face. And it's next week on Sky Max, so that is very, very exciting. Now, I should say, at this point, I would normally introduce my two co-hosts, the other two legs of Pilot TV's wonky table, except I can't, because one not-at-all-pedantic listener took the time to write in and point out that a table with three legs can't be wonky, because the primary <laughs> virtue of having three legs is it's inherently stable. To which I say, you have not witnessed my woodworking. Still, wonky or not, I am joined by close personal friend of Prince Harry Boyd Hilton, and that is a gag you won't get unless you subscribe to Pilot Plus, and newly anointed Huvian K. Ribeiro, which is also a gag you won't understand. So subscribe to Pilot Plus for just $1.99 a month, uh, an amount of money that will maybe buy you, well, it actually won't even buy you a Magnum these days, will it? Probably, maybe, I don't know. How much do they cost? Mm, not sure. It won't get you a coffee, that's for sure. Won't get you a coffee. How much was this coffee? That Probably won't get you an ice cream. The coffee that I bought you, Boyd, was priceless. No, it was uh, 360 maybe. Was it? Yeah. There you go, 360 So it's almost half the price of a mm. coffee. Excellent. Absolute right, uh, please subscribe to Pilot Plus, empiremind.com slash Pilot TV. Um, what have we been watching this week, people? <laughs> he keeps on going partridge. <laughs> I'm going partridge. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I should, yeah. I should qualify this. If I seem slightly <laughs> delirious, deranged, demented, other D words, it's I because... Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. <laughs> bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. It's because the fucking air conditioning is <laughs> broken mm. again and this is my third podcast in a row in oh. the studio and I'm going round the bend. I am hot, I am sweaty, I am just... just <laughs> Healing off items he of clothing. Sheen to his head. I, honestly, it is so what? hot in here. How have Ken Bruce and Simon May have dealt with it? Do you think? Because they use the same studio. Oh, they probably have. Like honestly, they probably have assistants with palm fronds yeah. fanning them <laughs> yeah. as they do their shows. Go on, boys, get the phone uh, down. And okay. you know, I asked Kay if she would be prepared to do that. Absolutely, she was not. having none of it. So, see, this is the advantage of wearing a silky shirt. Guys, this is why you should consider there you go. it. There you a go. silky James shirt next week. Ala, silky shirt. Silky shirt. Harry Styles. Oh. Should get your hair, silky shirts. Is, is Harry Styles famous for silky shirts? Yeah, like you know the Gucci. He's very famous for like deep, shirts. very deep plunging neckline. Oh, is he Gucci? Yes. Yeah, kind very of very aerated. Aerated, mm. slightly, um, you know, Hot. ambiguous uh, clothing. Yeah. Oh, Boyd, come what? on! No, yeah. no genders with the clothing. He yeah. can wear what he wants. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's good to know That's a little bit more bastard. about Harry Styles. That was a. Oh God! See, the heat is melting. The heat, the heat. It's all about the heat, right? What have you been watching on the telly, Kate? I have been watching Why Didn't They Ask Evans, which I believe we you reviewed and we might have talked about before briefly. It was on BritBox, then it was on ICVX. Is that right? We reviewed on BritBox, I think, like something like two years ago. I was about to say, I know the name rings Will a Portner. very distant Will bowl. Walter. Oh, is that the one we lived in a bunker? Christie. Yes. I got the Christie. Oh, is yeah, it Agatha Christie? Yes. Yeah, Hugh Laurie directed it. Hugh Laurie wrote it. I think, I think you week. talked about it. I don't I'm remember. Sure <laughs> I, I might have done. Genuinely, I have a very vague recollection. Right, so right. What was it about? Um, so uh, he finds, he's a caddy and he finds a body at the bottom of the cliff. I, I think one of oh, us spoke yes, about it. yes, I remember yes. this. Someone mentioned it. I think a reader wrote in about it. I think James it. mentioned it as well. I think he read out Yeah, even though you seem to completely No, it's all coming back to me now. Anyway, so inspired by you, I uh, watched all of it and I enjoyed that immensely. Um, also, now this is not a pilot TV show. Oh However, <laughs> yes, I am going to mention it only because I think it's good. And I think it's a good thing that the BBC have done, which is to um, air 
I Kissed a Boy, which is UK's first ever gay dating show hosted by Daddy Minogue. Now, I know this means nothing to you and you're probably not impressed by that, but it is the first ever UK dating show, which I think is something to be celebrated. And it's a lot of fun. James, imagine this. Mm -hmm. Ten single boys. Right. They are matched before they go on the show. They're matched with the person they're going to be with. And they enter the show. What? No, as in like they, they've they been like they... Um, someone pairs someone them off, pe- Yeah, right? someone's So it's not them. like, it's not... So, okay, so you understand this. So the only <laughs> TV dating show I have ever witnessed... Blind Date. Is Blind Date. So <laughs> unless it's Scylla matching them, okay, I don't right. really understand how this Imagine, works. Danny Minogue is the Scylla. Right. Oh, yes. uh, Graham, show. behind the scenes, yes. has been matching them. Okay. Okay, so, but good. the first time they ever meet... Right. ...is when they kiss. They first kiss. Well, when they meet, they have to kiss each other. Yes. Well, yes. So that is, they walk on, they don't exchange any words. Yes. No. They just instantly walk no up to each other and suck face. Yes. Yeah. No pleasantries, no awkward yes. conversation about this the weather. Is, I suggested in, in the Pilot Plus, I believe, that well, this could be the next cultural exchange. Did you? Yes. I wasn't listening. No. Uh, Okay, so this is basically how people used to meet in the nightclubs in yeah. ni- in the nineties, wasn't in it? Clubs. Yeah, in the in the nightclubs, he says, yeah. being down <laughs> with the kids. The dating apps. Yeah. In the discotheques, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I just think it's, it's a really... Laura, Laura fun. Yeah, it's it's good fun. It's hugely enjoyable and it's refreshing. So I know like Isn't that actor from Bad Education as well as like narrates, a host? He narrates, he narrates He's not on show. camera. No. Oh, okay. But yeah, I think it's a very positive step. Forward. So what do they do? So they kiss and then what they then so say, then What's your name? Uh, yeah, literally, that's it's, like, it's my idea of hell, right? So you know, it's an awkward situation, but weirdly, it's not awkward when they, when it all takes part, like when it happens. They like have this kiss. I mean, I'm not saying it's like full on five minute snogs or anything, but like you know, they have this kiss, and then instantly they get to know the chemistry because if it's a chase peck, obviously it's like. Mm. Chemistry might not be there. Some of them have a proper, like, you know, smooch. And then it's like they get to know each other. And so they're paired up. But then what happens is, this is a bit of a spoiler, but <laughs> a single guy comes in. And then obviously it's all to play for, of like, who, if they're going to remain in their couples, blah, blah, blah. And then they have the ultimate kiss-off, which means, mm. yeah, James is now James looking confused, um, which whoever ha- isn't kissed Kiss at the end get, gets uh, <laughs> thrown out. But it's, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this gay dating makes Alan Partridge. This is this is yeah. television. What's this the name is of it television. Again? I kissed a boy. I, I like the title. It's good. Yeah, yeah. of course. Good. Yeah. Anyway, cultural so that might be something for up. the cultural exchange. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, well, see, see, I, I, so there's a whole world of this side out. I've never seen the naked attraction thing. I've never the seen naked attraction. the naked attraction. I've never seen. Isn't there? There's another nudie one, isn't there? Naked education. There's naked education. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, there's a few of them. Yeah, and there's yeah. loads of dating shows. There's myriad. Yeah. There's but, the one, the uh, Love Is Blind, which is the Netflix one where they tried to do it live and it didn't work. What are they doing in the dark? Uh, no, it's more that isn't it that? Well, there's one where the people involved don't realise what the actual format of the they don't know it's a dating show. They think it's another that's kind weird. of dating. Yeah, that's the, I think that's one another Netflix. There's Married at First Sight and there's Love Is Blind. Um, I don't know what any yeah, of them maths, are. Maths, maths, oh, yes. Australia, maths UK, Married at First Sight. That's a phenomenon. Those are phenomena. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a huge world, a huge world of dating shows out there. But if we are going to do one, I would recommend this one. For example, James, on this show, there's a guy who's. Um, from a for, like a, from a Mormon household, and he's never had uh, he's never kissed a boy, he's never had sex. But he's come out, and he has his first gay kiss on this show. It's quite touching on TV in front of. Well, unless he's going to come out, come <laughs> out. Potentially 15, 16 viewers. Yeah, so yeah, 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 so, yeah. So. I mean, it's BBC Three. No, I mean, it's harsh. that's harsh. Oh, oh, don't be that guy. No, oh, boys, oh. boys. You know what? You've gone into full James. You've mode. become me. Yeah. You have become me. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Go on then, Boydie. What you been right. watching? Here we go. Talking of reality TV, 
I have taken the opportunity to watch Ooh. some of Jury Duty. Oh, you have? Yes. The very high concept kind of mix of reality TV, sitcom, and kind of prank TV. Ooh. It's Kay's face, Kay's Ooh. frowning. Deep frown. Um, it's a no for Kay. No. Too it is weird. It's uh, Basically, a lot of our viewers have recommended, I've said, you know, you really should be covering this show because it's um, it is quite remarkable. It is remarkable. I have to say that. So in case people don't know, the concept is that one guy is um, is told to go to attend jury duty, a trial, and starting with the jury selection process. So it all begins in the in the um, the place where the trial is going to take place, and he's surrounded by dozens of other people, and they're all gonna they're all gonna be um, filling a questionnaire and and be told whether or not they then have to come back and attend, become part of the jury for this trial, and unbeknownst to him, he is the only real actual person. The rest, everyone else involved is an actor. And to complicate, complicate matters further, James Marsden is one of the potential jurors who obviously is playing himself as an actor. Where is this filmed? It's California somewhere. I think LA, yeah. So it's kind of, but what it is, it is often really funny because you're seeing this, first of all, the couple of first of things that struck me, struck me quite quickly, which, one of which is every, all of the actors are brilliant. Because it's quite a difficult thing. Do you think how naturalistic you have to be? I'm talking about everything from the, you know, like um, the woman whose job it is to tell the jury what to do, the judge. You know, there's a judge character who says, this is my last trial, I'm, I'm retiring after Is it this. Judge Judy? It's not Judge Judy. It's another <laughs> it's an act, another actor. James Masters himself has to, like, convince that he just so happens to have been called for jury duty and wants to get out of it because he's an actor. And, you know, they're all absolutely brilliant. I, 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 that's the, my, the main, main takeaway from watching the first couple of episodes couple of episodes was these these are brilliantly cast because they're doing a fantastic job and he is absolutely 100% convinced that this is all happening and I've he, got questions go on right yeah. how do they recruit for this show I think they put do you know what I think I, I, I think they put an ad out saying do you want to take part in a uh, filmed trial where you'll be a juror simple as that oh, so, so, so yeah. then they're not so much great, so he filmed. doesn't think it's normal jury duty no he knows it's being filmed right, for, okay. for a show but he thinks that everyone involved is just I taking see. part in the reality okay because that makes sense yeah. Okay. Yeah. and the other question I had was like, does like crazy shit happen in the trial yeah. like what, what kind so of stuff so that's the thing Yeah. so the comedy arises from the fact that what's the crime uh, I have not said that bit I don't know <laughs> they really explained it. Surely yet. they just laid out quite early on <laughs> in, in the, the, in the court episodes. case. <laughs> oh my gosh, they don't tell you in the first not the details. opening statements, they do yeah. not mention the crime. If I have, I miss them. Um, <laughs> so, the, like, f- people do silly things. So, for example, um, as soon as James Marsden arrives in the, when the, in the waiting area, when they try, like, people want to get f- a selfie with oh, him God. and stuff like that. So, people behave in quasi-ludicrous manners and, and they, the different characters explain, like, there's one woman who's vegan and she's very like right on hippie-ish type. And so it's kind of about the comedy comes from A, the characters and, and silly, stupid, borderline ridiculous stuff they do. Um, so someone like when they, they go out for a break to have a, 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 some food and the judge walks past and they and James Marston tries to interact with the judge go, you do really need me? And the judge says, I can't talk to you jurors outside the room. And, and, the, and the real guy is looking on going, oh my God, this is mad. You know, everyone's being a bit mad. But they keep it just, just to the right line of making it being believable so it is really My- clever from that point of view and I find it's not it's not a hidden camera but I find this kind of thing I mean they are essentially all playing a prank on him on the one guy who's in quotes real so and I do find prank stuff borderline excruciating you know but having said that you know when you get like the Ali G you know stuff that stuff that Sasha Baron Cohen does those films are often based on you know one guy person in the middle of a whole load of people who are being funny and acting being actors so um 
It can I, produce really like. good quality stuff. I think the quality of this is really, it's really good. I just like, don't want this guy to feel embarrassed at the end of it. I think, think in oh. the end, I know, I think he's absolutely fine with it. In the end. It's, it's like, it's, it, I he, hope so, because otherwise <laughs> it's just going to be so, like, you know, awful and traumatic for him if he realises that all this time, you know, essentially he's been the butt of the joke. No, and it, it's, it's more to it than that. So it's not, it's, it's in a way like the whole idea of it isn't necessarily to make fun of him. It's almost like to see what would happen if someone is plunged in the middle of quite a, a, a scenario that ends up being funnier than it than it you might expect. But why? What's the point? Because it is like a, to, to see what happens. I mean, you mm. know, to see how he acts. I'm out. I don't think... No, you, you No, you did tempt me when you were mm. going through um, the different personalities and stuff. But I just think I'd, I've got a low cringe threshold. Embarrassment threshold. Okay, don't bother then. Fine. Sorry, um, <laughs> Sorry everyone else should. Yeah, everyone else should, but except you. Then Ted Lasso, uh, the new episode, very, very good. And a reminder again of my theory that it's still really funny, even though it is now an hour long, sometimes over an hour long. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> the current, the current um, as we wind our way. To In fact, us. we're going to get on to Ted Lasso on this week's Pilot Plus, yes, aren't we? Yes, we're going to do a spoiler special. That's right. right. Yes, yeah, we're going we're to chat through... A- Ted Lasso so far yeah. this season yeah. in the sports special. Right. So that's a trailer for that. Yeah. What I would say is, the thing I wanted to say about it is, I think who particularly is shone in this um, third season is Hannah Waddingham, mm. who is just brilliant in this. And, in, and I actually watched a little bit of the Eurovision semi-final against my best judgment because I'm not really bothered about Eurovision. But, you know, I will watch the final. By the way, by the time this goes out, the final will have happened, obviously, mm. on Saturday night. In fact, lots of things will have happened. There's the Eurovision final, Saturday night, Kay. There's the BAFTAs on Sunday. Which you're not attending. Which you're not attending, going to Arsenal instead. Ridiculous. Um, lots of stuff happening. So I wanted to watch a little bit of the... Because she's hosting. She's mm. one of the co-hosts, the main hosts of the semifinals and the final. And she's just brilliant. Did you watch it? No, but I heard a clip on the radio. And did she, like, sing yeah. operatically? Yeah, she sang a massive, like... That's amazing. Yeah, incredible. Actually, she's a great... She sings on Ted a, Lasso, right? So. Yeah, she's just, she does, yeah. She just is so talented. She's mm. like an actress. She's a theatre queen. She's um, she's got a brilliant voice. She can do musicals. Uh, she does a she. She's a presenter. Um, so yeah, she's very phenomenal. charismatic. Yeah, she is absolutely brilliant, and she's done wonders with her character. I think in Ted Lasso. Um, and then I stayed up to two fifteen last night watching the Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> oh my God, you did! <laughs> I did on CNN. Like, the sound of his voice. I can't mm. even deal with it. So even reading yeah. the sound bites of the shit that was coming out of his mouth yeah. wound me up so much. Yeah. I can't even imagine what watching it must have been. Well, like. I wanted to watch it because I am fascinated by um, the whole thing. I really want to watch it to see if he, you know, this is a CNN um, event and they, I mean, it was him being questioned by a load of Republicans, basically, because there's no point in getting down because it's all based on, you know, he's going to have to get, um, go through the primary and the primary is Republican and non-committed voters the voters that are possibly going to vote for him. So there were no Democrats there asking any particularly challenging questions. But the, the actual host was, and I wanted to see whether he was going to be held to account by the official CNN host, at least. And he, she did her best, but, it's, but my thing, you just cannot, you can't get anything from him now. He's so, he's so, I use the word clever in, in big quotation marks, but he's so, he's so used to riding roughshod over whoever is mm. trying yeah. to interview him. And he just drones on and on and on. And and all the things that are in his head come tumbling out. He starts off vaguely addressing the question and then will just go off onto massive tangents about whatever is in his head and, and accusing all these other people. At one point, he literally accused pro-choice people of wanting babies to go to full term, be born and then kill them, basically. What? Yeah. And we're dealing with a proper sociopath. Such a moron. And the other thing, lots of people are furious with CNN for even giving yes, him the are. time. So all of that 
I think it's fascinating. Oh God, please not again. Yeah. We can't go we through are, it again. Gonna, you're going to have to go through it. It's going to be that. No, it's a rerun. No. Oh, it's a complete rerun of 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 the last election. Except <sighs> it's going to be even worse because everyone's going to try it because he's been found guilty of um of sexual abuse in a civil case. He's on trial for you know huge illegalities in New York with his companies. He's um, about to be um, tried probably for his role in the in the January 6th situation. You know, it's, it's, it's absolutely extraordinary. So I am fascinated by it. And the parallel, and I kept thinking, because I finally got to the final thing I watched, the next episode of Succession, which we will discuss in full. As I, I, mm. I can never stop myself from saying something about it. I know. It. When we, before we discuss it in full in the next spoiler to special. To taunt me. But it did, did remind me, because I kept thinking this was ATN, you know, the fictional version of Fox News in America that had a Trump. They'd all be running around like mad people trying to deal with the fallout. And the, and the, next, this, the election night episode is all about a deep dive into what it really means, how politically powerful a family like the Roys are, slash Murdochs are. And it really does... It's so fascinating how deep it goes. You, you start off thinking, oh, this is going to be funny. You know, it's going to be kind of like a kind of knockabout, almost farcical episode. But then it gets perhaps as serious as it's ever been about how influential people like the Murdochs can be in the political process to a terrifying degree. Mm. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Do you know what? I have to commend you on a recommendation. You know, you were mm. talking about, I don't know if it's on Pilot Plus or, Norm, or the main pod, and you were saying how the Vanity Fair article Yes. was very good and I bought the issue on your oh. recommendation and I read the article about the Murdochs and it was fascinating brilliant yeah and the parallels between the Murdochs and the yeah. Logans uh, the Roys the Logans the Logans <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is um, well wait when you see this next episode the parallels are even more pronounced. Uh, more pronounced and, and to the point yeah and political and I remember one of I think it was um, Brian Cox said it uh, I remember in one of the Q&As he did for this series. And I also think maybe the director that I interviewed, Mark Mylod, for this very podcast, I, I think alluded to this, it is very political, this series, like the most political it's ever been. I think the politics element of it, you know, has always been an undercurrent, but and essentially it's about power, and, but, but this episode is fully out there, the politics. I'm desperate to know what happens to Connor. <laughs> and he's 3%, and, 4%. And Connor, Connor's hilarious, oh, absolutely dear. hilarious, yeah. So there you go, James. That is, I believe... What I've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> that you believe that's what you've been watching. Yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, what whole, about you? What have I been watching this week? So, well, I watched the penultimate episode of The Power, which I'm still enjoying. So now like, that we've caught up to where I had got to, I think the finale will have aired by the time this goes out. So it will have aired on the Friday. So that's exciting. Enjoying Amazon's The Power. You're looking at me curiously, Boydie. What was the power? The power. Oh my gosh, is... it was the Naomi Aldrich. Oh, Do you remember See, the book? Oh, yeah. See, your oh latent misogyny refuses to let you acknowledge that the power exists. Steady. Women cannot have the oh, power. Down with boys. To be honest, I've completely forgotten about that. It's great. Oh, it's great. How yeah. did you watch? Like whichever episode we had to preview. <laughs> right. Right. Like okay. The episode, the well, first. I've I've seen it was eight great. now. I can say it's great based on the first episode. I thought it was. I mean, can you? What you? Wait a minute. Let me get this right. <laughs> You, you don't think anyone can say something's good unless they watch the I whole think, series? I think this one is a difficult show to do that because there are lots of different strands and they're not all in the first episode. Is it not great? It is great. Yeah, so... Oh, I see. So what yes. you're saying is you were right. Yes, okay, fine. fine fair fine. enough. Yeah. Uh, so there was that. But, but crucially, crucially, inspired as I was by our discussion, Boydie, on last week's show and willing as I am to entertain anything that stops me going back to For All Mankind, because I apparently am committed to procrastinating when it comes to getting back to that show, I sat down and decided that I would watch Barry. Ah, so I thought, you know you what? Go. The finale's coming. Yeah. They're relatively short seasons. Each episode's half an hour. 
I can 100% get up to date before the finale airs. So over last weekend, I watched a season and a half Bloody of wow. Barry. Wow. I mainlined Barry all day. Great. I good, loved it? it. It's brilliant, yeah. I it's loved it, I loved brilliant. it, I loved it. Funny you should mention Barry because, of course, I have left out the fact that I've watched the most recent episode of Barry, which is a, takes a massive, as a, what's the phrase, swing for the fences? Is that the right phrase? Mm. Um, so wait till you get to, yeah, episode five, six of this current final season. Oh, wow. It, uh, no spoilers. It goes, it goes mental. I have heard <laughs> this. <laughs> but I, the I'm technical basically, phrase. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing a better call forward with this. So I'm just like, I'm just, it's a last minute sprint for the finish line so yes. I can get there before the ending C- comes. Cunning. But I'm, so I'm still in the, the kind of the jovial years. Yeah, I'm in yes. the middle of season two where it's all still light and fluffy and fun yeah. before it gets properly dark. Because yeah. interestingly, so we've reviewed on this podcast the first episodes of seasons one, two, and three. So I've seen those three episodes. Right. And it was funny, like going, obviously watching the whole of season one, then watching that first episode of season two again. And even now, I remember the first episode of season three has a darker tone to it, mm. even at that point. But yeah. it's, I mean, it's really good. It's Fantastic. really, really good. Absolutely brilliant. I'm loving the Barry. Yeah, it's so good. Have you got to the bit where he, the people queue steady. up? Steady. <laughs> no, it's not really a massive... Uh, steady. Okay. To see a, the guy in the... No, sh- steady. Okay. All right. <laughs> see, 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 I will, I will see, I will, I will go full Barry on you. <laughs> I will say also it has a fantastic, and this is, I believe, in the beginning of season two, where it's one of the best title sequence transitions I've seen. Do you know it has that kind of trumpet fanfare, like yeah. the theme tune? Yeah. There's a bit where someone says, what's your name again? Or whatever it is, and he goes, my name's, and then it cuts to, bam! And, it just, and it's a truncated one and then it just goes straight back to the scene. Yes. And I thought that was genius. Did you, talking of which, I know what you mean, exactly what I mean. Did, did, you, did you notice something this in Ted Lasso a couple of episodes ago where they did a little skip jump to the theme tune and title sequence? Did you notice? So no. I can't remember what the joke was. So basically the joke was someone says something, then the, the, the guitar riff starts for the theme tune and title sequence and then they pause it very briefly, just imperceptibly, and then... That starts again, and that's like a thematic reflecting how what they're not talking buffering? about. No, 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 it's genuinely. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't just it, your internet no, it connection? Was a genuine joke, like, oh, I'm really annoyed with myself. I like, didn't make more notes on it, but it was definitely. As far as I'm aware, it was well, I'm catching up, so I can. Yeah, tell yeah. You I, I don't. Check I don't out. remember that. Yeah. Maybe we'll get into it on uh, yes. Pirate Plus. Yes, this is uh, the quality observation. Yeah, you'll this get is if you yeah, pay yeah. This is this is where your money's going, really, for this kind of insight. Hundred percent. But yeah, so I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the Baz. Old Barry. Yeah. Uh, and I look forward to to plowing on with it this weekend as well. So it's, uh, it's fun. How many series? There are four. Oh, okay, the fourth is the last one. We are in the middle of the fourth at the moment. Oh, wh- and where are you up to? I'm halfway through season two. Oh, I think I was alluding to season three. So you're okay. so, Did you yeah. say Beth was a fan? Beth oh, is a big fan. fan of the Oh, Barry, you should do yes. a big spoiler special. Well, she interviewed uh, Bill Hader for this very She did she, indeed. Um, she did and indeed. And had a wonderful time. We yeah. have had Bill on this podcast, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right, shall we have a listener question, or more specifically, a listener poem? Because... Whoa. Yes, because Simon Davis, a listener and fan of this podcast, has has written us a a letter. Let me read it out to you. So Simon Davis, now you guys will recall Simon Davis, because Simon Davis was the one who sent his review in by proxy, and Mel... Hosted Simon's um, yes, and review. again we have to commend Mel for yes, doing that. She, thank you, Mel. How kind was that? Turns out she actually hadn't deceived oh, yeah. us. That turns out I had I had cast aspersions on her. She has she has now has a different Apple account to the one that she posted her original yeah, James, uh, review as on. I recall, you and obviously her that off. sounds like an elaborate lie, and almost certainly <laughs> is. But that's what she told me, so I'm just going to go Steady. with it. Uh, <sighs> but anyway, so she, down, she <laughs> I am. It's true. She posted Simon's review very very kindly. Sorry, Mel. Uh, but Simon has come to us and said, you know, now that his review is out there, even though he would not touch an Apple product. It is on Apple Podcasts. But he said to us, an Apple using Twitter user has kindly offered to post a five-star review that I've sent her. But I have also 
written you guys a poem. <clears throat> oh, here goes. Don't ruin it, James. Each week on a Monday, the podcast will drop. It's called Pilot TV. For me, it's the top. It's James, Kay, and Boydo all talking TV from what they've been watching to what's on this week. That's a terrible rhyme. <laughs> Interviews, the mailbag, as well as reviews. Sometimes they eat cake while giving us news. It's five stars from me then. For me, that was easy. If only more people would listen in Fiji. Yeah! Wow. That's <laughs> yeah. That is, but I'm giving you Look, five stars. You can't rhyme TV with week. But other than that, I have no notes. Rack off. Yeah. Like, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, that was a very good poem. And now I think we need more poems. More poems on the podcast. Or drawings. No, I think that was excellent. I think, Simon, yes. thank you very much for that. You clearly have a career as a poet ahead of you. Uh, that was excellent. Also, um, bringing in the key things. Cake, yeah, Fiji, That's tick, right. tick, tick, it's, it's, All of this stuff is good. Right, okay, fine. Now, should we go on to the actual question? Now that we've yes. had the, you know, mm. the poetry segment. Uh, this week's question comes from Ewan D. And Ewan says, At James C. Dyer's wonderful recommendation, I am watching The Witcher. Oh, it's so, <laughs> so weird that you chose this question, James. <laughs> Yeah. Sadly, sadly, yeah. I cannot start episode three as I am listening to the 1,000 versions of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. Banger. Yes. So, what songs have come out of nowhere in a show that you love? Thanks for the wonderful pod from Oz. First of all, are there really that many versions? Of oh, that there song? are a lot. Yes. Why? So there are. There's like drum and bass versions. Oh. There's there's hard rock versions. So many emo versions. People have done so many covers of Toss a Coin on YouTube. It's incredible. I've even oh. tried to learn it on the guitar with mixed results. Oh no! Uh, I no, don't want. I'm, I'm not. Play it on the podcast. I'm not going to bust it out here. <gasps> yes. Not least okay, because I don't have a guitar. Th- no, this is the new thing. <laughs> if we get some more reviews, I need to see how many we've got now if we hit oh, a certain number this does not the seem like a good idea yes the humiliation of James mm. will be that he has to play this you want me to play toss a coin to your witcher on the podcast toss a, yeah whatever <laughs> yeah you, you just get on with it but, I like okay. you wouldn't love it Right, I promise like you don't nothing. spend most evenings doing While that very thing. While you carry on with this, I'm going to see how many reviews we're on oh and I'll set, God, the, yeah. I'll set the bar. I remember when Phelpsy made me play uh, the theme tune to The Last of Us on the podcast. That was on <laughs> Terry's Goodbye podcast. Oh, yeah. Aww. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, so, so, songs that have come out of nowhere in a show that you love. That's actually quite specific, in a show that you love. Yeah, and also, what, what does it actually mean by songs that come out of nowhere? I'm not sure what that... That's open to interpretation. Right, Boydie's pulling you up on a technicality. Well, I'm not... Well, I I'm think just... just interpret it how you want. Oh, That's thanks, what I like Kay. to do. Yeah. How have you interpreted it then? <laughs> okay, so I just wasn't so sure. So I just sort of like, yeah, just made up my own rules. Fine. And my answer is, as always, I like to go back to the OC, right? Of course you do. Did any... Is it Imogen remember. Heap? Yes. It is. Hallelujah. Oh, hang on, no. You, I thought you were going to go with Hide and Seek. No, no. The rendition of um, Hallelujah when Marissa, James, as you'll know, died in the car crash yes. in Tijuana and they played Hallelujah and I was weeping my ass off because it was so sad. And it was an Imogen Heap cover of Hallelujah. I think so, yeah. Not the you know famous Jeff, Jeff Buckley cover or the Leonard Cohen original. No, I think okay. it was Imogen Heap. Yeah. I think you're right. She did quite a lot of stuff because, again, Hide and Seek, which became very famous for. But I think Hide and Seek is the one where she kills Ryan's brother. I think it's that episode is a hide-and-seek one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So that's the song that, yeah, I, it came, like, it just took me by surprise. But actually then, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I think they played it a couple of times in the... Oh, almost certainly. I mean, yeah. it's one of the most overplayed songs in television, I would say. Allegedly. I know, but then it just had yeah. that emotional connection to her death. And so, like, yeah. Yeah, it's this kind of thing where it's 100% been on Grey's Anatomy and ER at some point. You can just bet it. Not the Imogen Heat cover, but one of them. Okay, well, let's focus on the OC, and that's where I remember it from. Okay, so, yeah. okay good, good, good. That's not a bad show. I've got very, I've got personal one, which is that in the first season of Yellow Jackets, which Yellow Jackets has loads of brilliant people yes. drops, but they did it suddenly. Um, they played the editor's song, Munich, 
which came out, I think, about 10 go? years ago. Yeah, sing it for us, Can you sing it? No. <laughs> Hum it. No. Play it on the guitar. Go on. Hum it. Um, but the reason I, I know Editor's Editor's lead singer. Of course oh you do. Oh my god. Of course you do. No, I was wondering, I was is, like, where is this story going? No, this doesn't sound weirdly self serving and name dropping. No, this is <laughs> self serving. Oh, oh, that's, oh, that's, that's yeah. a side sweep. I mean, name dropping, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's not get yeah, carried away. You can away. always tease him about yeah. the clanging of the name drops. Exactly. But. Exactly. Yeah. Tom, lovely Tom, who's the lovely singer, Tom. Who is a big Arsenal fan and, we, and comes to oh, Arsenal when, yeah. when he can. And he's in our Arsenal WhatsApp group. Hmm. And he is the lead singer of Editor's. And, that, and to have. A legislative song suddenly arrive. So I think this does meet the requirements of the question. You know, completely out of nowhere in the middle of season one of, of The Other Jackson was brilliant. was a brilliant yeah. moment. So there's that. And then other kind of just kind of ones that I love generally uh, in terms of songs that suddenly appear in uh, things. There was Sunshine, the, the Dario G classic that is when all are dances in the finale of um, Derry Girls. You know that first scene? Well, is, it, is, that dance? is that the one that blends into yeah. the Cranberries? Yes. Because it goes into zombie, doesn't it? Right, yeah. yeah. That was a brilliant choice there. And can you just and so I, my interpretation of this question was, you're suddenly reminded of this song, this classic song. Why did I think it was Madonna? I don't know. I thought Madonna. it was Madonna no, that no, went no, in the Cranberries. No, it was, uh, you know, it sounds, maybe it sounds a bit like Madonna in some of her... Some okay. of her um, songs. The brilliant use of Neil Diamond music. I often bang on about this um, in general in, um, uh, oh my God, I've forgotten the Mike Flanagan series. <laughs> Which one? Called? Haunting of Hill House. No, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. <laughs> Midnight Mass. I meant to, I didn't write that down in my notes. I just wrote Neil Diamond, Mike Flanagan. Um, but he, there are loads of Neil Diamond songs in Midnight Mass. But the brilliant one is Holly Holy, which I think is in episode three and has a whole sequence, a whole montage to Holly Holy. And that just reminded me what of an incredible song that is in Neil Diamond. If you want to just, it's a fantastic song in its own right. And the way it's deployed in uh, Midnight Mass is phenomenal. And then I was reminded of Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle in San Junipero episode of Black Mirror is brilliantly deployed um, at the end of that. Kind of like as a happy, a rare happy moment, ah. a romantic happy moment in a, in a Black Mirror episode. That reminded um, me, you just saying that, I don't know why I make that connection. Well, I think I do know why. Uh, it reminds me of Tiffany's I Think We're Alone Now in Umbrella Academy, which is extremely, uh, yeah. well, you see them all dancing yeah, in their various similar. parts of the house. Yeah, that's that's great. It's a similar kind of tune. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah very upbeat. An 80s banger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good show. Uh, well, if we're going to do, you know, self-indulgent name dropping, I will, of course, say The English and Tom McRae's uh, You Cut Her Hair, my close personal friend, Tom McRae, uh, whose song appears in the English. How was your post-personal friend again? My, my post-personal post <laughs> friend. Uh, my close-personal friend who I've not seen for many years. But, yeah. uh, you went yes. to school with him? I did not go to school with him. His wife used to work at Empire. His wife is, that's right. Yes, yes. indeed. And I've been, I to, I, I've, I've been to, I went to see him live at the 100 Club in Oxford, in Oxford Street. Did you know? With, um, with David Hepworth and Mark Ellen. Oh, yeah, legends. Yeah, the legends. When, what year was this? Oh my God, it must have been. 1980s. <laughs> At least 15 years ago, maybe more, maybe 20 years ago. So, <laughs> yeah. it was probably when he was, because he was nominated for the Mercury yeah. Music Prize for his first album, which would have been in about 2001, 2002. It would have been then, definitely then. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, because it was when, and they were still vaguely involved maybe in the magazine because they co kind of co invented Pete, unbelievably. Yeah. Um, and smash it. Yeah. And I was a fan of his, and they were like, oh, we're going to go and see him at the 100 Club. And it was quite, you know, it was quite, it was brilliant. Yeah. He's very, very good. name dropping. Yeah. Show good life. Uh, what else? I mean, so I, I did obviously didn't come from the show and I'd actually heard it before but Red Right Hand obviously from Peaky Blinders yeah. uh, is one that I have listened to a lot since then but weirdly I listened to it in the 90s because it was one of these things where Chris Carter was obsessed 
with Nick Cave and specifically that song while writing the first season of The X-Files. And mm-hmm. apparently he used to have it just on repeat while writing The X-Files. So on one of the kind of, you know, they used to do, I think they still do, those music from and inspired by albums. Yes. There was oh, yeah. one of those for The X-Files that had Red Right Hand on it. So I listened to it quite a lot at university. Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Obviously when Glee first started, that, yeah. that started going. Kate Bush obviously has had a resurgence oh, I mean, due to, yeah, to, to Stranger Things. I thought that was too crushing the obvious. <laughs> And obviously, you know, as a close oh personal God, friend... Oh my God, my coffee. As a close personal friend of Kate Bush, you know, I felt I should probably bring that up. You know, we're, we're besties, we're tight. You know, I mean, uh, I am a close person. Yeah. Oh my God, please. I went to the first night of her literally only live... You're the worst. Live, I have no name drops. actually the I worst. Can... Yeah. And I was in the, in the in the room, one of her very few public appearances when we gave her an award at the South Bank Show Awards a few years ago. Kate Bush. Mine doesn't... Ca- mine won't impress you at all, but... Had you finished, by the way, James? Are you still... Oh, I've always got loads. <laughs> but carry on, yeah, okay. Just, just, Craig David. Oh. Once gave me a lift in his Ferrari. Oh, that's just a name job. Why not, did not, he give not... you a lift in his Ferrari? Did you um, did you miss your last train? Like, how would this happen? <laughs> no, I when I had interviewed him, um, a show had just been on a documentary about his life in Miami, and he's got this Ferrari or whatever. And I was going to happen to be going to Miami for work the following month, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to be in Miami. Can I have a lift in your Ferrari?" As a bit of a joke for the interview, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, cool." Anyway, what, so... uh, what day of the week was it? Yes, I know. I had that joke a lot. <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, so we're I, crushing the obvious. I wasn't gonna, yeah, exactly. Um, open goal there, James. I wasn't gonna text my mates, like, oh no, he's giving you a number, you might as well, blah blah. Anyway, I did, and he did, yeah. I went to meet him, pre ordered me some champagne, had some champagne, drove him back to my actually. What? Kerr took the opportunity, took the opportunity, took the opportunity to flirt with yes. Craig Davis. No, yeah, what what I got from this was you asked yeah. out Craig yeah. Davis, you asked him out. I asked him for a lift in his Ferrari. I, I mean, mean that sounds like going... asking you out to me. Didn't no. You end up, didn't you end up hanging out at his house as well? And drinking no, champagne? No. Imagining that? Oh, All right, okay. let's not get into this. But wow. no, none of that happened. That but he's do. a lovely, lovely guy. Anyway, I just brought it up because he's a musician and we were talking about Oh, there's no, none of his songs that have been, have been performed in or, or, or needle dropped in any major no, TV show. I just <laughs> wanted to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll you were just on the name Ferrari. dropping. Basically, no. for the next six questions, can you just name drop? I've got loads. I've got loads of name drops. Anyway. Wow. Okay. Carry on. What, what's, his, what's the inside of his Ferrari like? <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you ever been in a Ferrari? Sure. The egg- have you? Have I been in a Ferrari? Yeah. But you know what? You were I sure. Said, I said it, sure. Like, what's well, the actual answer? I mean, when the Stig came to the office to drive me around <laughs> London one time, uh, which is actually a thing that happens. What? The Stig, this is absolutely Why? true. The Stig came to the office. Oh, because Empire's and Overance comes from top Yeah, that's yeah. weird. I, do you know what? I'm trying to remember. Did he take his helmet off? Why it happened. I don't know. See, I, I couldn't possibly <gasps> you saw say. You under the helmet. So I did, I did <laughs> in fact, see weird. under the Stig's helmet. Uh, he whipped his helmet out for me. Uh, I did. So the Stig came to the Empire office and took me and I want to say John Hitchcock, so I can't remember who it was, for a spin in uh, a Mustang and drove us, oh, and wow. frankly, drove around the West so, End at an alarming speed in this wow. Mustang. It must have been something, so it must have been some cheesy attempt to drum up publicity for a film in which there was a Mustang in it. I, 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 yeah, I, I have absolutely no recollection <laughs> as to why the Stig came that to the works. office. But what I do know is, when the Stig comes to the office and says, do you want to go for a drive in my car? You say yes. Yeah. You mm. say yes. So you I did. Take your life in your hands. Yeah, and I went for a drive with the Stig. Wow. Yeah. Very good. We should have a competition so you can guess why the Stig went to the Empire it will, office. I think you're right. I think his, yeah. it's the think, film What was he promoting? Was, was it the Mustang or was it the something? Mustang. Was it a TV show? I, do you know what? I don't know. It must know. have we been have... a film. Because back in those days, you didn't do TV. I've did got no, I had genuinely have no recollection of, of when this was While or why. While you're figuring that out, yeah, Boyd, Mustang um, film, I've looked up the number of reviews. Oh, well done. And we have got, so this is according to Apple. I don't know how the fuck this works, to be honest, because there's so many different platforms. Okay. But we've got 1,184. Now, I'm suggesting... 
that for in order for James to get his guitar out, so to speak, and to um, play a little song or whatever he wants to do. Get his instrument out, sweet. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, it, it, we have to get to 1,250. So how about that? At the very least, I would say we have to double our Pilot Plus subscribers. That that seems like a oh, far yeah. better thing. Double see, our I'm pilot just doing plus it for fun, and you're actually doing it for lucrative gains. That's it. That's it. I'm, I mean, mm. not that I see any of this money myself, but yes, yes, I, I want that. So in so double our listeners, we need five people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, um, wait a minute, boy, before you oh, do that, sorry, we have to establish what is the. So, are you happy with that? Twelve, one thousand two hundred fifty, or do you absolutely want to go 2, not, Boydie, What were you going to say? <laughs> two thousand. Okay, 2,000 reviews, and then uh, James will play his guitar then. What are right. we on now? I said uh, we're on 1,184. Oh, my God, it's going to be years. <laughs> okay, right. good. Okay. Actually, yeah, I'm okay. fine with that. Yeah. 900 no. reviews. Yeah, go for your life. Sure if, yeah, we're all... Not a problem. We're we'll retiring. Yeah, by, by the time that happens, I'll be Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Um, by that time, the AI will have taken over. And that's we'll true. Be, uh, I can say, chat GBT, please toss yeah. a coin to my yeah. witcher. Not a euphemism. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in 2014... Yes. There was a Mustang GT500 featured in Need for Speed. And I'm saying that's exactly yeah. the kind of Boy, film that sounds about would have hired the right time. Yes, the stick to promote. Do we think? So that's my guess. Yeah. That is my guess. Okay. Yeah. Fair we'll enough. See, though. All right. Good to know. Good uh, job, Just call me Detective. A couple of other songs. <laughs> Detective Boydo. Uh, the couple of other songs I want to mention. Carry On Wayward Son by Kansas, which played at the beginning of every new season of Supernatural. I could not, in good conscience, uh, for Helen, really, not mention that. And Way Down in the Hole. Tom Waits' Way Down in the Hole, which was obviously the theme tune to The Wire and was played by a different band each, each season. Yes. Starting with the Blind Boys of Alabama, who I went to see at the Jazz Cafe in Camden, specifically off the back of The Wire. They did not play this song. I was very upset. Oh my God, devastating. <laughs> yeah. That is a blow. Okay, well, that was our musical listener question. If you have a question you would like addressed, do please send them to us at Pilot TV Pod via DM on Twitter or Instagram or to me directly at James C. Dyer on Instagram. And we will either answer it here or on Pilot Plus, which will soon be doubling its subscribers <laughs> as discussed. Also, send your musical requests because, you know, depending on what, yes. how many listeners will how many reviews we get, he, he might take a request of your choice. Sure, sure. Send in your requests and then in like 10, 15 years when <laughs> no, we have I'm, that many reviews. I'm, no, 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 no. It's no, been agreed. No, no. It's been agreed. We're sticking with what I originally said, no, which no. was 1,250. You need to get 60, we need to get 66 more reviews. 3,000 no, is what we said. absolutely not. 3,000. No. I can't wait for this. <laughs> Neither can I. And we'll live, 3, stream, reviews. We'll live stream this performance. Marvellous, marvellous. Right, let's move on to the news. Who would like to start with well, news? I mean, we've mentioned the news yes. already. In the, the big news, yes. obviously, is that Poker Face is yes. finally coming to these shores after much to do. Peacock's Poker Face is coming to climax. Yeah, on June the June the next week, not June the next May week. The it's coming week. to May the May, next week. Friday, May Friday, Friday the next week. It's very hot in here. Is it yes. uh, 26th, I want to say 12th, 19th. Yeah, 26th, I think. 26th of May. Sky Max. Now figure this one out. Because, you know, almost all American imports are either on um, Sky Atlantic or Sky Comedy, if they're comedies. Um, Like Barry, for example, is on Sky Comedy, which a lot of people get mixed up because you think it's an HBO show. You think it'd be on Sky Atlantic because Kobe Enthusiasm, which is another HBO comedy, is on Sky Atlantic. It's very confusing. Anyway, Poker Face is going to be on Sky Max. Slash now from Friday, the 26th of May. And the good news is, even though we've waited, it went out in January on Hulu. Oh, no, not Hulu. Um, Peacock. Peacock. In the United yes, States. which is why it did not come here. Which is why, because Peacock's kind of been wound down, effectively. Yes, someone killed the Peacock. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all the good news is all episodes will be available from that day, so we can binge on it and have a... I can't wait. ...be in, in uh, poke face heaven. 
Uh, it's the Natasha Leone, in case people don't know. All of our listeners. Yes, know. it's Ryan Johnson's. He's Ryan gone full Johnson. whodunit, case of the week, case of procedural, the week, which, which is obviously my favourite film. Loves. Yes. But I think you'll like this one, James. Well, we're reviewing it next week, we'll so you'll reviewing. find out. We will find out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the Columbo effectively inspired yes. um, uh, show. So, yeah, it's very exciting. Everyone, everyone's, I've got loads of people. Well, uh, reacting to this is going to be an interesting one. It's whether I can get past my my aversion to the format and, we'll and try, embrace yeah. it. We'll see. I what mean, happens. you have before, haven't you? I'm sure there've been some examples of where you've gone, where there've been weekly some. But I've, but, I've, but I've really even Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. I have yet to catch oh, yeah. up on. I need to. The new season drops in like a month, uh, so I really do need to to, to pick up the pace and watch the rest of that. But I haven't yet. Uh, look, guys, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, shock you, but some massive news has actually dropped this very second. So we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. It has just dropped. Apple TV Plus has dropped oh, the first trailer say. for Foundation <laughs> Season 2. <laughs> and I think based. we should stop the podcast and watch it together because clearly this is the news of the week. What are you talking about? Right. Do you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We can't, oh, uh, I was about to say, can we do... Do you know what? This makes for terrible radio. So let's not do this live. We're going to watch this now. We'll be back in just a second. There we go. We just this second, as a group, watched the glorious new trailer for Apple's Foundation. Kay, give us your first impressions of the show, which you must now be looking forward to. It has a date. It's July the, what did it say, 14th? Something like that. Something like that. It said somewhere in the beginning of July. Foundation, we have a date. We've instantly forgotten when it was. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's July 14th. It is. It's coming on July 14th. Kay, are you looking forward to it? What are your thoughts? James, I'm looking forward to you watching it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the joy you're going to get out of it. I will watch it. I'll give my verdict. But I yeah. am psyched. I am hyped. I am oh, all of these things. Have you checked? Have you presumably you must have checked the Apple screen? Like I check it quite regularly, actually, <laughs> yeah. to see yeah, to see if do. to see if Foundation season yes. two has dropped and if Slow Horses season three has dropped. Yes. And neither of them had last uh, time I looked. I think Foundation will drop first. You I would think, think so. Yeah, that but, looks like it's already... but it's quite effects heavy. So I so mm. Foundation is one of the ones that doesn't tend to drop mm. all at once. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm very excited for you. And what I would say about that trailer is that everyone's being very, very slow walking. <laughs> And, um, oh, it was quite, real. quite portentous, I think is the word. Really slow. But this is the show that famously a thing collapsed, killing a hundred million people. Yes, yeah, lots of people. Show. It's my favourite thing about foundation. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it looked, it looked. I mean, Lee Pace, you can't go wrong, can you? He's 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 a good Lee Pace, who has been on this very podcast mm. talking about foundation. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, so yeah, no, it's good. And I says, what's his name? The other guy from. Uh, Chernobyl. Jared Harris. Yeah, Jared from, Harris. You mean, you mean The Expanse's Jared Harris? Expanse's yes, that's right. Jared Harris, yeah. yeah. He won awards for, uh, not for that. He Expanse, did, he did. For every other thing he's been in. Uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, yes, well, it's it is exciting. exciting. You, I'm psyched, Boyd's psyched, and Kay is psyched Kay most is aware. of all. <laughs> Kay is vaguely aware that something's happening. I'll tell you what is exciting, though. Talking of successions, we weren't, but I was earlier. Mm. The finale, did you know this, Kay, has been confirmed? Um, that it's going to be 90 minutes long. Oh, yes. yes. And um, the, this has been revealed by, not by like the exec producers, Jesse Armstrong, or by any of the cast, but by Nicholas Brittell, the composer oh, wow. of the greatest, one of the greatest theme tunes in history. There's a new version of the, uh, of the theme tune, which plays over the end credits of the next episode, the episode eight, which, I, which had me, I, I had it, it's been in my head literally ever since last night when I watched it. Sing it. Um, <laughs> stop telling me to sing. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. But that, but yeah, Nicholas Patel teased that he said it's 90 minutes, it's a huge episode like a movie. Can I just say? Yes. Mm -hmm. Obviously we were talking about July the 14th, which is now Foundation Day. <laughs> oh, but gosh. do you know what else it is? 
No. It's Jack Ryan Day. Because oh, Jack Ryan, God, the like, final oh, season... Shows that only James likes. <laughs> the, fin- <laughs> the final season, the fourth season of Jack Ryan, is not only coming, because bear in mind it was a long wait between seasons two and three. Yeah. It, they've shot it, they've finished it, and it's dropping wow. on Foundation Day, July 14th. What are you going to do? Which one are you going to watch first? I mean, I'm going to watch both of them because they're on streaming and I'm able to do that. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm psyched. Actually, of all the kind of many, many... Amazon Prime, Prime Video, um, espionage that I, only I series watch. that only you watch. Jack Ryan is probably the best because I mean, it's got him. It's no Bosch, but which isn't espionage. Bosch. But I think you'll agree, even though it's not espionage, you you I think put, you you Wait, them in the same breath. Bosch is don't you? Yeah. espionage. No, it's not espionage. No. But I in I knowing Boyd as I do, I think he means terminalist. He means <laughs> yes. Bosch. Yes. He means Jack Ryan. Yes. Anything you know yes. which has a name in it. Or exactly. A, yeah. Yeah. But I do love Thingy, though, you know. Yeah, Thingy, yeah. You did, Jack yeah, Ryan. Jack yeah. Ryan. Well, the, th- was, the second season was rubbish. The third season was actually very good. Was this the fourth season? This is the fourth, fourth and final season. Wow. wow. Which returns John, John Krasinski John as Jack Ryan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, what's his name? It's never Jack Ryan, boy. It's in the title. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, no, I love it. I do I love I thought, Krasinski. God, we're not going to go through this again. Jack Ryan. <laughs> I actually interviewed Krasinski for series two, I think. Did you? Yeah. He was like as lovely as you'd expect. He's one of the friendliest, nicest people in famously. There was also news that I seem to recall that Bosch Legacy. Oh, yeah. Season three has been greenlit, even though season two has not yet aired on Amazon Freebie. So we're getting at least two more two more Boshes, which is which is great. Double thumbs up. Yeah, I was pretty psyched about that. Yeah. There was Doctor Who news as well. This week, What's casting that? news. Yeah, did mm-hmm. you, no, you missed this. I mean, I did miss this. To be fair to Russell T. Davis, who is masterminding the whole Doctor Who kind of new 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 run rollout with brilliant kind of casting coups and general announcements. Kind of most weeks, there's a Doctor Who announcement these days, which I'm fully up for. This one was was more exciting than most because it revealed that Jonathan Groff is going to have a key role in Doctor Who, a mysterious guest role, and then they then they unveiled a picture of him and Shooty Gatwa and Millie Gibson's characters, um, all dressed in kind of Victorian, kind of velvety outfits. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, a very good We'll image. review the first episode, won't we? Of course, oh, my God, of course we will. Good. 100%. Um, now that I'm a Whovian. Now, yeah, of course you're committed <laughs> Whovian now, after Vincent and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, we reviewed in Pilot Plus. Yeah, so we don't really know anything about who he's going to play or what kind of character he is. He's going to jump onto board the TARDIS in a mysterious and exciting guest role, said the announcement. But Jonathan Groff, who was in Mindhunter, Knock at the Cabin, Hamilton, Hamilton, of course, yeah, he's a brilliant actor, and and I've and he's, I'm very excited that he's going to be involved. So it's it's great, another great bit of casting from Russell T. Davis. How do you feel about the fact that there's going to be a Planet of the Apes TV show? Well, there's already been a Planet of the Apes TV show, of course. Well, yes, but this is this is a this is spun off of the Reevesiverse. Planet of the Apes I know, trilogy, which I is, know. I say, can we even call it a trilogy given the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is currently in mm. development as well? Yeah. So we've got an upcoming film and now we've got a TV show coming too. Yes. Well, I'm quite a big Apes fan. So am I, of these ones, yeah. not of the originals. Oh, I'm of the originals as well. I mean, the original original. Planet I mean, sure. I mean, I mean I'm not. It's one of these things. Like, the original original is fine, but then when you get to like the 17th sequel oh, yeah. and they get progressively more ridiculous. I remember as a kid watching the, the original, there was a TV spin off, a fairly short lived. I think it only lasted for maybe 15 episodes or something, but Roddy McDowell was in it, who was in the, in, in the original uh, Planet of the Apes. And they have very, a smattering of original cast members in it. And I remember very clearly watching Planet of the Apes, the TV show, when I was a kid and being absolutely obsessed with it. Really? And if you listen to the new, most recent, um, I know we're not supposed to plug other people's podcasts, but whatever. Oh, why Quentin, not if they're good? Quentin Tarantino's brilliant um, podcast, which talk, they review films every week with um, Roger Avery, his friend and director. They talk about they talk about Planet of the Apes a lot, the TV spinoff and the original films, and how 
they used to, in, on American network TV, the network, the TV companies would take, say, two episodes from the Apes TV series, mold them together and call it a film. Huh. Um, and so he's got, they review, they go back and review and re-experience one of those, in quotes, films that isn't a film, but is two episodes of the original Planet of the Apes TV series knocked together. And it's brilliant. And I loved it. So yeah, I'm really excited about a planet. I think the, I think the revived Planet of the Apes films were fantastic. I loved Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I think it's an absolutely phenomenal film. And I'm excited about a TV spinoff, yeah. Rise, I don't think is a great film. I think oh. it's okay. Dawn, I think is fantastic. Oh, am I thinking of Dawn? Dawn What's is the, the second one? one. So, okay, oh, so, no. <laughs> no, hang on, hang on. So, so you've got Dawn, which comes after the Rise, right. and then you've got War, which is the last one, but doesn't actually feature a war because War is in Dawn. Yeah. I thought Rotspica, or whatever it was, Rise of, was, was really, really good. It's fine. Yeah. It's no, okay. I it was really good. The second yeah. one was, was, was... The second one is great. The second one's great. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's my but, but still, it makes sense to utilise the super duper VFX they can do I just, I've just, I mean, because obviously this is aimed at, a Disney, it's a Disney Plus show, but it's just like, you, how expensive is this going to be? Because bearing in mind, it's going to be presumably set in yeah. a world where all, most, if not all of the characters are apes, therefore very expensive in situ CGI creations. Yeah. Like, that doesn't seem cheap. The LED volume isn't going to cut it, I would say. <laughs> you and your LED volume. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be expensive. Yeah, you're right. But um, but it, it, these things get exponentially, I'm making this up basically, but less expensive, <laughs> don't they, as, as time goes on, I think? I mean, you would pretty hope. Pretty much. You, you would hope. We'll find out. In theory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things we found out about, obviously the writer strike is ongoing. Yes, there were some interesting. Some people got in touch with us on the Twitters. Yes, to explain to us some of the things about, for example, the small writers' rooms. Actually, I, I talked about this quite a bit on the Empire podcast. So I won't bore people so much here, but let's just say uh, small writers' rooms are bad. I think we've established, yeah. and they're a way of for studios to essentially take shows that have not been necessarily greenlit for series and to bring in writers, a small number of writers, senior writers only, at a reduced uh, sort of rate to get them to knock out stuff that may or may not ever see the light of day. So it just... Yeah, George R. R. Martin made a very... Did you see that? I did not. Yeah, yeah. George R. R. Martin, this is a post to your um, Empire discussion then. He has today said how much he's against um, small writers' rooms. What are they called? Mini... Could be mini rooms, small yeah. rooms, small rooms, whatever they're called, and they're, they're, it's, they're using it as a terrible excuse. To George R. R. Martin, then, who has confirmed he is not writing at the moment. No, yeah, so you know, in solidarity. Right, so exactly. He's, what his excuse was for the last ten years, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's now utilising this as a good man. <laughs> but he's fully in fact. But interesting, Sophie. I because I, last week I asked people if they could explain to me because my one caveat, which I'll say again, is that. Um, I thought the idea of imposing a number of writers to be in a writer's room on a show is, would be pretty extraordinary when you think that in, you know, in the UK terms, most shows are still written by either individuals or duos, and it's only the odd show in this day. I mean, more and more that use writer's rooms anyway. It's such a culture. It's so different the way that UK TV writing works from as opposed to American TV, which, which they're all pretty much writer's room based and Sophie took the time uh, Sophie Petzl took the time to answer my question pretty much and she ended up saying solo shows have existed for a while in a bit of a microcosm in the US often the land of directors or feature writers come to play in TV I think regular rooms and those guys can, can and do exist I think honestly the main issue is the fact that mini rooms are becoming the norm so I completely get that I, my, I guess my one question is say that you know Say, um, what's West Wing guy, you know, Aaron Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin comes along, he goes, right, I'm going to write my new series, I'm writing the whole thing myself. What, what's the answer to that? What, do, what does the WGA say to that? That's my question. And I still don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, yeah, I don't either, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, it's, but I know, uh, it's, it, as Sophie's saying, it's almost vanishingly 
small how many American shows. Well, like Michael Hurst, who did Vikings, and he right. writes every episode or wrote every, every right. episode of Vikings. Yeah. But sometimes when it says they write every episode, they still have some kind of writer's... Well, yes, yeah, like, so Sorkin right. had a writer. I don't yeah. think Michael did, Hurst did no. for Vikings, unless I'm White wrong. did for The White Lotus, which is mm. my example. Like, Whereas I think mm. Sorkin had a team, but the way it used to work, as my understanding was, a lot of the time they would spitball ideas with him and then he'd go off and write a script. So that, certainly in the very early yeah, days... different. Yeah, it? he would write scripts, but he would people would feed a the ideas to him and then he would turn it into a script. I think more and more like people did write episodes episodes as it yeah. went on and then obviously he yeah. left the show anyway so yeah. I'm assuming there will be an exemption for Maverick solo creators that's my so I'm sure there will be from when the WGA but in general I completely support as they, as they need to know yeah. I support <laughs> Boydie's got your the, back the pilot TV podcast completely supports the strike and yes. is completely against all the things that the power bosses of the of the Streamers, particularly trying, studios, are trying to impose them. Yes, I do. I do think they. It strikes me as certainly in their public statements around this, some of the studio execs have been a little tone deaf oh, on this particular I mean, issue. Completely. Uh, it always comes back to Mitchell and Webb, isn't it? It's like, are we the baddies? Yes. Yes, you are. Yes. Uh, right. That's it for news. No, excuse no, me. No, it's not <laughs> it for news. Kay has oh, some news my, apparently. The biggest news. Yes. Well, actually, no. I'll do the uh, the other one first. I was excited to see that ITVX had acquired The Effects of Lying, which I know nothing about. Basically, it's a comedy drama with South Asian representation, which, as you know, I'm very keen on. And it's written by James Hay. And it's about a dutiful husband and loving father played by Ace Barty, um, when it, and whose life gets basically turned upside down when a series of shocking events Inside occur. Out? Turned upside just down? Just one day. Yes what you said. But it also stars Layla Ruas, it's got Naveen Chowdhury, Shaheen Khan, Lauren Patel, and Mark Williams, plus many, many other um, actors, great actors. So I'm excited about that. I think that's um, a great step forward. But James, yes, the biggest news uh-huh. is news is that it, you delivered. It's the three-part Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary coming to Netflix, which we will yes. be reviewing on this very podcast. Oh, mm. wow. Arnold, one man, three really? lives. Okay, that's second. That's the second biggest thing. Um, the first bit of news, that the most exciting bit of news, is something that you delivered to me yesterday. Can you remember what that was? An exciting no. thing that I'm going to be doing on Monday. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Spoiling content for the podcast. I don't that's even know fine. when we're running this. Um, yes, yes. I I gave Kay the gift that keeps on giving, <gasps> which is that I have arranged possibly. Uh, ill-advisedly, almost yes. certainly against my better judgment, no. for Kay to be in a room with the two leads of Colin from yeah. Accounts. Honestly, that is the biggest news this week. I squealed <laughs> in the office. I, I was very complimentary to James. I was very happy with... He, was in, he wasn't in the doghouse once. This is quite bold and brave of you because we're recording this on, what is it, Thursday. It's happening it on Monday. Happened what, yet. It hasn't happened yeah. yet. Why it may not happen. Full, oh, why we've reason no. pull out? We've yeah. already had one pull out, haven't we, on, a, on an interview that was going to happen? That's true. By the way. Yeah. No, no, no names. No names, no yeah. Yeah. Someone's dropped out Someone's this week already. Out. So, we discussed this yesterday. How, how quickly rude. we forget. Oh no! I say, what I if they can't? Get, what you if? Were. What if they can't get anyone to watch Colin and therefore can't come over from Australia? Mm. Don't say that. Mm. No, they no, they will not. I have every faith that Harry and Patrick will not let me down. They'll be there in that hotel room on Monday. Um, I'm excited. I've got my questions ready. This is going to happen. I'm pretty confident. I mean, it's very bold to me. I never get excited about anything before it happens, but. This. You never get excited about anything, perhaps. No, any interview. No, work things. I mean, that would be sad, frankly. <laughs> tragic, even. Yeah, tragic. In fact, it's not got a medical condition. <laughs> no, any like work things, big right. interviews or stuff like that. Right. You know, we all know, obviously, yes. how things yes. uh, go to shit. Yeah. But um, no, I have every faith that this will happen. Mm. Um, 
That's, it is exciting. Yeah. I, I meant to say, actually, your ITVX news, mm. I meant to say, because I went to the ITVX um, launch they had this week. Oh, yeah. Of four you got the golden ticket. New comedies. I got the golden ticket, yeah. And I should say, and it, I was actually pretty impressed. They all look really good. Particularly Alan Carr's um, sitcom, Based on His Own Life, which I know James would be very excited about. I'm just looking at James now. Um, uh, looks really good. Yeah. That's about his life as a kid when his dad was a famous football manager. And that's called Changing Ends. That's going to be on. 1st of June. Significant other, I think you will like, James, because that stars um, uh, Catherine Parkinson and Youssef Kukur. Um, he's great. He's brilliant in yeah. Home. And he. this oh, is a brilliant, like, it's an unlikely romance between the two of them. And this looks fantastic, I have to say, from the clips. Um, and that looked really good. That's from, um, except produced by Nicholas Schindler of Russell T. Davis programmes fame. Yes, Kay, you've got your hand up. Is Home still available Available to watch? I might Yeah, we on Channel 4, yeah. <sighs> yeah, as it's known yeah. now. Rather than all four, it's just Channel 4 now. I still call it all four. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. Then there's Camp Abdullah, which is a Muslim vampire series, which looks fantastic, I have to One say as well. James. Yeah. You like the vampires? Um, and Jamie Winston is in that, and she was hilarious in the Q&A. Um, uh, and, and finally, a thing called Ruby Speaking, which stars Jade Adams, who's generally hilarious as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, and uh, that's beyond as well. So they've got four, but kudos to ITVX and ITV in general for commissioning four um, solid-looking, at the very least, um, actual half-hour comedy shows. Yes, and acquiring this um, and, comedy drama with South Asian no, <laughs> representation. Yeah, and bearing in mind there's one a week. It'd be interesting to see how many of them James allows us to review <laughs> what with his fascistic no, dictatorship. No, Unbelievable. Oh, no, we will be covering them extensively. Yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> While James slowly plays the guitar in the background. Yeah. While watching the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary. Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And the foundation trailer on, on heavy rotation. <laughs> I feel I'm being caricatured. That's it for news. Let's move on to this week's reviews. And first up, we have Steel Town Murders on BBC One, which stars Philip Dennister as a detective investigating the real-life string of murders in Port Talbot in South Wales back in the 70s. Boydie, did you go to town? On this. Okay. Well, that's just a back seven. I, thought, yeah. <laughs> I came to this show, right? I thought, because um, I, I, I remember when it was announced they're doing a, a dramatization of uh, 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 an infamous series of um, murders of three young women in the 70s in Port Talbot in Wales. And when it was, I was thinking, oh, another, you know, there are a lot of true crime dramas these days. I mean, barely a week goes by, let's face it, where there isn't another true crime drama of one kind or another. ITV's had loads of them. Uh, White House Farm, off the top of my head, loads of others. I can't remember. Des. Mm. A lot of them, you know, they vary in being, a lot of them are really good, like any genre of thing. But I, I, I thought, when this came along this week to review, I thought, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to get into a true story. I'll forget about that. I'm not going to look it up because I'm often tempted to look up, to Google it, to Wikipedia to see what happened in this true story. So I, because I hadn't heard of the, I don't know about you, but I hadn't no, heard I of hadn't. The, the actual case that it's, it's involved that goes back to 1973, basically. And I thought, I'm just going to watch it as a TV drama. And I have to say, it's a really, really good, fascinating TV drama in its own right. Um, as uh, it's it's written by Ed Whitmore. It's directed by Mark, oh, Mark Evans. Thank you. He's a very good um, film director and director of really good TV stuff. And it stars Philip Glenister. Stefan Rodri and Scott Arthur plays the young Philip Glenster. So what this does, as you won't be surprised to hear, in the world of <laughs> peak TV, it flits between two timelines. Between the original, when the actual cases, this this um, serial killer case kind of 
um, took place in the 1973 and the early 2000s when there was a reopening of the case due to DNA evidence being able yes. to be used for the first time. This was one of the first cases. I did see this much in the pre-publicity blurb. This is one of the first examples of where DNA um, technology could be used in reopening a, an old case, basically a, a cold case. So it does, it jumps between these two timelines and, and it's basically revolves kind of around Philip Glenister's character who was one of DCI Paul Bethel, an actual, the actual real a detective who helped investigate the original crimes. So you see him um, as a younger man, played by the great Scott Arthur, who's a brilliant actor, and who does a fantastic job of not going over the top in playing. Because I think Glenster has such a, you know, we all know him from, from Life on Mars, etc. He has such a, a particular way of acting and mm. speaking. And I think that, you know, um, Scarthur, um, it was quite a daunting job to kind of capture that without going too over the top and kind of mimicking him. But I think he, he judged it brilliantly. And early on, they kind of used, they, they make it quite clear that this character is, this is him as a young man, this is him as, a, as, a, as an older man, reopening the case. And, it's kind of, I thought there was a real kind of, it's, it's, it's very stylish. It's kind of like the, the um, stuff set in 1972. It's kind of all browns and mm. greens and greys. It's quite kind of, it captures visually, I feel like, what it was like in that period, you know. Um, and there's a slight kind of difference in the visual style of, of that stuff in that timeline and the, and the more recent timeline. But I just thought in the, as, as an exercise in crime storytelling and and the kind of story that has been dramatized many times before serial killers etc use of dna reopening a case i thought it was absolutely gripping and completely um, brilliantly handled brilliantly acted and directed and written i thought it was really really good and and the fact that now i really want to know what happens how it plays out what happens in you know what really happens to the case and i will still try and stop myself from googling it i did the opposite i never uh, google as you know i never do any uh, research before i watch the show <laughs> But you did Google like this just, one. You know, let it bathe over me. <laughs> Consumer professional. Uh, I do for this this pod, obviously, but when in real life. Um, but I actually did uh, because did I didn't know anything about no. it. I thought, oh gosh, am I just like? Because this completely passed me by. Obviously, it was like a way a, a little while before I was born. But um, so I did. But I, I think you're right. I think they did a really good job. I like the dual timelines, but also I liked how they did. So um, in when they do a flashback, they kind of look at what was happening to uh, Philip Blenister's character on the day that these two yeah. girls go missing. So we alternate between his nice uh, night out with his wife and these two girls going to nightclub, leaving the nightclub and then going missing and then everything that happens to them, um, they're raped and murdered. I mean, that's not a spoiler. I, th I just thought that was very smartly and well executed. So I, I did really enjoy it. And I also really enjoyed to see um, Stefan Rodri, who... Boyd, I'm surprised you didn't mention this, is, lest we forget, Dave Coaches from Gavin and Stacey. Indeed, he is. Yeah, he's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Gavin and Stacey, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, um, close personal friend of yours, Boydie? Um, no, I won't go that far. No. Unlike the creators of Gavin and Stacey. But yeah, could be. Yeah, I've met him. I mean, you know. Of course, yeah. I did go on set. I am famous. You were in Gavin and Stacey. No, I was in the yeah, Christmas special. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was really good. What about you, James? The, I mean, true crime is not my favourite genre, but this is grim. And it's very, very, very unrelentingly grim. And like when you're talking about but James, the, that's what I mean. I know, I know, I know, I know. I appreciate that. But like, there's a dourness. It's when you're talking about the difference between the seventies and the two thousands. It's like different shades of grim. It's just like yeah. you've got you've got this particular beige grim, and then this slightly different shade of beige grim here. And it's just by the end of this, I just felt like someone had been kicking me in the face. Like it was. Yeah, like, it was can I just be? Punishing. And I'm not like having a go. But did you? I mean. What? Okay, I've had this conversation okay, many fine. times. Right, I mean, no look, valiant effort, carry on. No, I'm just saying. Look, what I'm going to say is I actually yes. am with James in that I don't particularly like true crime myself. And, you know... some It's gruelling. Yeah, and sometimes I'm like, is this necessary, right? So I completely agree with you on those things. But also, 
was going to be really rude then. I won't. Um, <laughs> no, no, feel free. Yeah. Well, also, I'm not a moron, right? So I'm like, <laughs> when I watch it, I know that I'm not going to come out of this skipping down the road and going, yeah, that was a great drama. You know, it's the well, nature of it is, it's going to be depressing. Yeah. It's bleak. You know. I suppose there's a part of me that's just like, why? Do you know? And it's just, I just, I just, it's not. Why it's, what? Why, why? Just why, why, why this? Why, why does it exist? Why do we do this? Why do we, yes, you know, I agree, I, rake I over that. the tragedy of these real events for the entertainment of people? And it, there's something about true crime that just makes me feel a bit icky mm-hmm. uh, in a way that if were this fictional, I'd be like, yep, this is dour, this is grim, but I can get on board with it. But the true aspect, the tragedy of this person who was like the Saturday Night Strangler or something it's called, it's so horrible that I kind of felt like I needed a shower afterwards. And so I struggle a little bit with this genre. So, I mean, frankly, that just makes it more about me than it does about this particular show. Uh, it's really well executed. It's really well acted. I think they deal with the dual timelines very, very well. And I think they deal with the subject matter with the gravity that it deserves because you can't bring levity to something and shouldn't that actually happened. But again, I don't need this in my life. And look, if, if true crime is your bag, yes. sicko, then by all oh, means, God. then by all means, watch it. There are a lot of people who do like true. <laughs> I know they do. It's I know more, they I do. I don't even think it's. I. I don't. I don't particularly. <laughs> I don't particularly have an affinity or fondness for true crime above any other genre. But I think it's all about quality. And if it, if a drama to say what's the and point, storytelling, the storytelling. What's the point of any? It's the same point as any drama about this kind of situation, whether true or not. It's because no, it's the human agree. condition. Like, it's what it's what drives people to commit horrendous acts. It's what in this case particularly, it's what women had to put up with. Women have to deal with. I mean, there's a there's a very good scene. I think dramatizing the interrggation of one one of uh, one of the people who are affected mm. by this and towards the end of the first episode mm, and indeed why it. the crimes yeah. weren't linked exactly. to begin yes. with why the, yes. Exactly. Yes. all yes. of that's very gendered all yeah. of that is very um pertinent and um and it's, and I just think it's natural human inquisitiveness that you want to know what humanity is capable of. Well, that's, that's, I don't think there's anything, I think to take a moral stance as if like those of us who do like as you just did, um, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I was being facetious. I, believe, I, know, I do not genuinely believe you. I, I, I can understand why you don't, why you find it difficult and I completely respect that. I'm not going to call you an idiot. <laughs> but I think that... Um, you goaded me into saying I know, it. I know. We've all been there as I said, <laughs> many times. But I would say this is a really good example of, I think, True crime at its best, and it's the it's the quality of the whole thing, the way it's shot, the way it's directed, the way it's written, the way it's acted, and the fact that it is telling a story that I didn't, I mean, that I think a lot of people won't know about. Um, that I think is totally valid, and I thought it was really good. So yeah. Well, Wells is first serial killer. Yeah, yeah, and it's good that they're most of the cast are Welsh as well. I think it's important that they're doing doing you know just Philip by the by. Well, I know he's not, but mm. but most of the rest of them are. Stephen Rodri, Scott Arthur, Gareth John Bale, yeah, etc. etc. And Mark Evans, the director, is Welsh as well. Steel Town Matters, which is called BBC One. When, Boydie? Monday, BBC One, nine o'clock. Monday, BBC One, nine o'clock. Okay, next we have No Escape on Paramount Plus. Uh, And this is an adaptation of the Lucy Clark novel about a pair of friends, Lana and Kitty, on the run from the British police. And they take a flight to Manila and end up living on a yacht and sailing around Southeast Asia with a bunch of other kind of outcasts and runaways. Okay, was there any escape from this? I thought you were going to go down the did this float your boat. Oh, that would have been better. Yeah, you can have that. Oh, thank you. All right. Thank well, you. we just imagine you said that. Retake. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed this. I found it really intriguing. So, yeah, you've said uh, two best friends, Lana played by Abigail Laurie. Um, is that how you say it? Laurie? Lowry? I think so. 
Laurie. Laurie. Okay, Laurie, um, who was very, very good in Tin Star, and Kitty um, played by Rianne Barreto. And they're two best mates who are on the run, as you say. Um, they're island hopping. They're trying to. Um, they're running away. They're running away from something, which is obviously incredibly intriguing. So, like, what's going on? And they've obviously committed a big crime which they're running from but then they're also committing petty theft along the way um, trying to escape which is incredibly brave and fucking stupid in the Philippines frankly but they do and then they find themselves on a yacht um, with a group of people I just think everything about this I mean you've got the lush South Asian backdrop which is always beautiful to see plus this really sort of gripping storyline because instantly like it opens this is not a spoiler with um, us kind of uh, seeing this boat, this yacht called the Blue, and it's the engine's on, the music's playing, the food's on the table, but no one was there. So they're like, what's going on? What's going on? And then the door shuts and it just says, I confess. I think, is it in blood? Must be I blood. think it's lipstick. Okay, fine. A red substance. <laughs> and uh, an instant you're like, what the hell is going on? And there's, there's a lot of that throughout. You're like, and I just felt as I was watching it, as they're running away from various people, as they're telling lies, as they're committing these petty crimes and, you know, as the tension's building, I felt so stressed out and tense, but in a good way. And I just wanted to see how this story um, progresses, especially at the end. I think particularly of note, Abigail Laurie, Laurie, is uh, very good because she just has this brilliant ability to express like a, a kind of a shiftiness do you know what I mean? She's like constantly on edge. She does that very well. When she's lying, she just looks like, yeah, she's just, I don't know. She's very good. She's very expressive. And I thought she particularly shone in this. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it reminded me a bit of the beach. Yeah, yes. Leo very yeah. much so. Yeah, so it kind of... Um, well, the Alex Garland novol, I think, like, more than the adaptation. Yeah, but yeah. Indeed, the Alex Garland novel and the Danny Boyle um, uh, film. But in terms of its use of, uh, of the beautiful South mm. Asian yeah. Thai slash Vietnamese backdrops, um, and so there's a mystery, and the kind of people that you meet, this group of yeah. people that are on this boat, who are like ostensibly, you know, hippies, she's having a good time, you know, pleasure seeking, but actually there's a dark secret yeah, yeah, yeah. at the heart of this thing. And of course, it has a framing device. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, Love a, a framing device. Because yes. she's, yeah, she's being interrogated by the police. Mm -hmm. She's changed her name. Yeah. They're investigating whatever the hell. Bad, bad things have happened yeah. on this boat that she's split up clearly from her mate and we don't know how and why that happened so it's stuff that, that relationship's very, like, yeah. very interesting as well yeah. right their dynamic yeah exactly yeah, absolutely yeah and I thought their um, chemistry together was was convincing um, so it has got all the um, all the kind of um, storytelling methods that we know and love um, I felt it was a little bit slightly a little bit roped kind of you know I kind of it didn't surprise me that much in the way in the storytelling and etc. So it does feel like it's a lot of, a, a few other things kind of melded together mm. that I'm used to seeing. And I, yeah, I'm not fully on board the, hey. the, the boat. <laughs> yes, I must say. But I am Your boat a, is not floated. No, it's not fully floated. But I'm intrigued enough to carry on watching it because I'm a sucker for a kind of, you know, basic mystery where, you know, which kind of builds up quite a good question of what they are happens. But it feels almost like it's going to have to surprise me more, I think, as it goes yeah. on. Because at the moment... There like, must be a big surprise. Well, at the moment, I'm just assuming there was stealing stuff and people got murdered because of that. And well, that's not going to be that surprising. It can't be just Do you know that. what I mean? It so it feels that. like, yeah, yeah, it has to give me more. Um, so almost partly why I will carry on watching is yeah. I want to see... You want to know why they're in trouble yeah, with well, the police, don't well, you? Yeah, mm. and, but particularly, is it must be something more uh, what surprising. What happened to everyone, yeah. 
I yeah, mean, but it must be more surprising and interesting than the basic things you kind of expect. And this novel, I think, was a bestseller. So clearly it was, it's got yeah. an interesting story at it. And, you know, they have fled the police and they've fled across the world to get away from the police. So, you know, yeah. something relatively serious. It also makes me want to go travelling. I mean, yeah, it 100% oh, makes looks... you want to go on holiday. Yes. Guys, yeah. a backpacking trip. What yeah. are you saying? I mean, f- frankly, it <laughs> made, it, um, it's, I'm torn now between... Manila and Fiji. Mm. So, you know, we'll see. Oh, we'll see where oh we want to go. Gosh. What yeah. happened with that? Did anyone from Paramount get in touch with us? Do we know? Not yet, but give it, a, give it time. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh, I mean, it, was, it is like very nicely shot and all that. Yeah. It is, but I think ultimately you could shoot absolutely anything oh, yeah. in this location sure. and it would look sure. beautiful. Uh, so I had a weird experience with this. So I started watching it and I was, uh, oh, yeah, you know, and, and, and they got in and, you know, I was like, okay, right. So they're on this boat, they're doing this stuff. And I was like, I don't really taken much of an effort to introduce anyone. I was like, but that's fine, that's fine. You know, there was, you know it's, just, it's a bold way of introducing. And then I was like, okay, and now something else is happening and, and now something else is happening. I was like, and, then, and I got about, what, 35 minutes into this and I just went, what the fuck is going on? Like, I just, I, you know, I, I... Did you get angry? Despite being an, a moron, as Kay has pointed out, <laughs> you know, I, I generally follow TV plots, but I had no earthly idea who anyone was or what was happening. And I was struggling so much with this. And I was like, this can't possibly work. And then I went into the Paramount Screener site and realised that for some reason... They put episode four first in my queue. So, so I had begun so this by watching good. the fourth episode. And let me tell you, if you're going to watch this show, do not start with episode four because it doesn't really help you so very much. So you can much. tell us if it gets more surprising I can actually tell you if it gets more surprising. And let me tell you some stuff happens. Uh, so yeah, I watched, I watched mm. most of episode four before going back and watching episode one, which I have to say makes an awful lot more sense than episode four in I isolation. think that was just something, there's some glitch going on because I only had access to episode four and seven. Oh, uh, see, with, well, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I had one, but I had four first. So anyway, so I watched that. Once I finally got to it, I enjoyed it more, but I was still quite, I was annoyed by that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I didn't, I'm with Boydie actually. I found this a bit beach-like. Like it just felt a bit rote. I was like, oh, I've seen all this before. I'm sure, I'm sure it does go to interesting places because this book would not have sold well if it had not. Well, you should know. You've already seen episode four. Something? That's true. I have seen part of episode four. And it does, I mean, some stuff was happening, but again, really? in isolation, I didn't really understand the relevance of it. It's but, not like hugely, hugely original, but don't you think a lot of the time there's, you know, we're watching stuff that, I mean, it's not, we've seen most of everything before, right? I don't know. Okay, foundation is pretty groundbreaking. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, look, so I yeah, so I just felt a little bit like yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm not. I'm not saying it's like an amazing show that everyone needs to watch. But I, I just said yeah. I'm sufficiently intrigued to want to watch. I am sufficiently intrigued to ask you what happens next time we have or what we've been watching. So that let, <laughs> All let's right, put okay, it there. Fine. Yeah. I'll endeavour to watch the next episode. Indeed. Well, this comes to Paramount Plus on a day. Um, and that Thursday. day is Thursday. Thursday the 18th of May. Thursday the 18th of May it's then for very, no escape. Very warm. It's very warm in here. It's, well, it's an original, Kate, It is, yeah, it's a yeah. Paramount Plus original, It's yes. their third after The Ex-Wife and uh, The Flasher. The Flasher was very good. We enjoyed The Flasher. Yes. yes. I, love oh, the the fl- I loved The Flasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was lovely. Yeah. Much more than this, in fact. Yes, it is Steady. very hot in here because, Kay, we're trying to recreate the Southeast Asian climate. Well, and in fact, the next show. In this studio. Yes, exactly that. Guys, wait a minute. I've just got to clarify. You say that. But actually, when you say we're trying to recreate it, what you mean is James has a massive floor-length fan <laughs> pointed at him and Boyd has a smaller one pointed at his back and I have nothing. Well, what she also say is that Kay insists on sitting in the same seat That's true. And now, I mean, and now she is living to regret it. Yes, you are hoist by your yes. own petard sitting mm. in the seat without the fan. It's a petard. That's right. Sorry, just talking of that expression. Jean-Luc Pitard. I started re-watching Veep, that first episode oh. where that joke is made and it is, oh, Brilliant. so oh, Veep's fantastic. good. Yeah. 
I can definitely recommend a rewatch. Oh, I can't believe you didn't mention that. Well, I know, watching. I forgot. That's, that's I, textbook, what you've been watching. Yeah, it is. I know, that's but vintage. I no, yeah. but I literally forgot until you <sighs> said uh, foisted by own petard mm. and I thought of the uh, inappropriate joke that the senator made. Okay, mm. great. <laughs> Well, we've recreated the Southeast Asian climate. We are now going to head into the high desert. Let me tell you, the studio feels very much like that. But this is High Desert on Apple, and this follows Patricia Arquette's Peggy, a former addict and drug dealer who, after being arrested, reinvents herself as a private investigator in the small desert town of Yucca Valley. Boydie, now, instead of giving you a pun, I'm going to give you a fact. Oh, okay. You ready? Yeah. You know the term just desserts? Yes. It's actually spelled just deserts because it doesn't refer to the dessert that follows the main course of the meal. It's referring to the past participle of an archaic word, which means consequences. Uh, So it's your just consequences that you are suffering. Love it. I don't want to speak for Boyd, but I I would rather have the pun. Really? So, so, But I'm just saying, if you ever see just desserts (laughs) written down with one S, that's correct. No, no, I got it. Right. Funnily enough, no, fun- that is a good fact. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I am teasing Funnily you. Funnily enough, it's quite apt that you mention the title because I think this has got a terrible title. High Desert, what the well, fuck? Well, I think it's because it's set in a desert and she's an addict, I so know. it was high. So but she's high in the desert, high know, desert. But high desert isn't a phrase. I think it's it like, is. Is I've... it? Well, in Dune, it's the deep desert, but I'm sure there's a high desert. A Dune, of course, it goes back to Dune. It's not even a phrase in Dune. High, no, it's, it's, not not phrase in, it's not a phrase in Dune. Deep desert will be fine. High, yeah. I just, I was like, oh, I think it's a phrase. Is it not a phrase? Is it? I've n- I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. It feels I, like a phrase. I, well, I... Okay, I also struggle that. when I see that word because I'm always like, is it yeah, desert? Is it de- dessert, so that's is it why yeah. I, I can say it now because I was scared of you like teasing it's, me before. But well, like yesterday when I was watching it, I was like, oh, you know this show we're doing? And he's like, what's it called? I was like, oh, I just pointed at my screen. High dessert. <laughs> if it was called high dessert, let me tell you, I'd yeah. be far more excited. Yeah. Exactly. That's different. Yeah. Yeah, that but it's make just sense. desert. There's always a split yeah. second where I'm like, well, which... Uh, yeah. The other thing that Kay, I have to tell listeners about, is that Kay watched this and asked me whether it was a retro... Oh, my whether God. It was a, oh, my God. A retro this future so... thing. <laughs> exactly. Like Hello Tomorrow. Like Hello Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. God. Okay, can I, can and, I explain? Yes. Please do. I'll explain. Oh, God, I actually feel like... I can't tell if it's the heat or my embarrassment that I'm getting ready <laughs> yeah, to face. I told you I was going to mention it. Yeah, but I thought you were joking. No. Okay, the reason why I say this is because it opens. It's uh, 2013. Yeah. It's got a real sort of like Miami 50s vibe. Like she's in like she's in really like retro clothes and they're listening to Sinatra. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Uh, as I pointed out, they're just in California. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Everyone in California is wearing. I know. mean, they kind of are in in this kind of like in in what, Yucca, 2013. And like, in Palm Springs, yeah, everything in Palm Springs, that kind of um, they all look like kind of dressed like that, and all the houses oh, kind really? of look like that. And, okay, I've never yeah. been to Palm Springs. So I mean, it's a... that kind of place. It's actually as 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 James mentioned in Yucca Valley, the small desert town. Dessert town. <laughs> I love a dessert town. It is town. the California way, but it was, I, I thought oh, it was fascinating. God, I know. It's, 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 oh, it's God, I know. It was embarrassing. And then I thought, Are they oh, going to be selling drugs on the moon? <laughs> no. She's just... Listen, that's some wacky shit that I can imagine us watching, so I won't feel yeah, bad about it. Yeah. Anyway, what we should say is this is exec produced by Patricia Arquette herself and Ben Stillen. Of course, they've worked together myriad times. Severance as Severance well on Apple. Particularly, and also that jail break drama thing they did which I can't remember the name of um, you should think I should get it should think I should Prison take Break? Notes. No Escape at Danimora they also worked on Escape at Danimora which do you remember that was a really good um, uh, Prison Break thing which uh, Ben Stiller directed anyway so they've kind of I feel like the severance the success of Severance which is a huge hit one of you know most people think it's probably Apple TV's best show so far certainly up there um, has meant that I think someone like a great actress like Patricia Arquette who is fantastic in everything she does can come up with a new idea and get it made and get it financed by Apple TV and what I would say is that the opening scene of this 
show is brilliant. So mm. you are taken aback to 2013, to this kind of big party, she's having a big neighbours party, all the in, uh, kids are in the pool, very <laughs> retro future <laughs> in 2013. There's lavish like food. Snatcher is singing in person. Yeah, there's like a long, um, free-flowing, one-take kind of shot of walking her walking around the party, checking out on all the different guests. And her she's very husband, funny. Very funny. Husband played by Matt Dillon. And I'm, I was just excited to see Matt Dillon back because I fucking love Matt Dillon ever since, you know, going back to the glory but days, also, the outsides. And he looks amazing. He looks amazing, but also I love that. I mean, he's literally there, blink, and then he's gone. Yeah, although he does come back. No, no, I know, but I just love that they've got the confidence to. True, yeah. It's just brilliantly done, that opening scene. So, without, I won't spoil it because it's because the less you know about it, the better. Uh, They then flashes forward to 10 years later, where for various reasons, Patricia Arquette's character, um, Peggy, once decides that she wants to be, have a fresh start and um, wants to become a private investigator. And she meets a private investigator uh, played by the great Brad Garrett, who is also fantastic. Uh, absolutely love him. And he's completely reluctant, but he is running out of money, can't pay his rental on the building. He's flogging stuff on eBay. He's flogging stuff on eBay. <laughs> he's having a bad time. Aren't so she all? kind of exploits <laughs> that and um, forces her way on, forces her way into his business, into his private detective business. So the setup is, is kind of vaguely similar in a way, um, to the programme we're reviewing next week. Poker Face. Poker Face. <laughs> Quite similar to Poker Face, the show we've been waiting a long time for. Oh in that, you know, that's all about someone, suddenly, a woman suddenly deciding to become a detective and yes. look into cases. Yes. Um, you know, she's not not professional private detective at all. So it's got similarities with that. I thought this was beautifully made. It's directed by Jay Roach of Austin Powers, film's fame, and he does a very good job. James has collapsed. Oh, God. It's so hot in here, guys. I feel like this is an endurance test. Um, it's really good bottom line I'm fascinated to see where it goes that's all I've got to say (laughs) in the Apple it's much better I think than the one the retro future one it's better than Hello Tomorrow Tomorrow. it's not not high bar I think it's better than the what was the one basically almost every other week now Apple has a new half hour comedy in it's Wednesday night slot which this fits into what was the one where the community that one recently where the communities with the machine in the shop Oh, the, the, the big oh, yes. door prize. Yeah, I think yeah. that's people have really liked that. I that's like gone down that. really well. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't mind that. I think this might be even better. Maybe I, I think know, I think the comedy element is better in this. In this one, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes, I fine. do, I do, I do. See, and this this could be my own failing. Like I did not laugh oh. or smile what? or oh. feel remotely amused oh, watching so, yeah. this. It had, just had you watched it after your mess up with No Escape, were you in a pissed off? <laughs> I mean, maybe that was partly to do with it. But I genuinely, I, I, I just it just didn't work for me and I was trying to put my finger on why because it's got good people it's got Rupert Friend as a guru mm. I just I just found everyone I was just I, was, I think I was quite irritated by everyone in it mm. uh, so I really did I didn't it didn't work for me in fact there's a theme about everything this week nothing this week has really worked for me maybe I should just shouldn't have watched TV and I should have gone outside instead I think but you maybe would just watch Foundation maybe. perhaps that's it perhaps yeah. that's what it is because I know Foundation is coming mm. everything yeah. else pales by comparison um, but yeah I just I don't think the humour landed with me and I wasn't particularly invested in uh, in Peggy as a character and just oh, and the God, shtick the with which when she tries to sort of become a PI I just uh, no I didn't like it I, don't I enjoyed this immensely and I was completely like 
taken with her as in a character. Really invested, you? yeah, invested in her journey. I thought she was really funny. I had to double tape because actually I felt like she looked like Moira Rose from Shit's Creek. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara. Even in terms of her personality. She also reminded me of um, Jennifer Coolidge. Yes, well. I had that written down. Yeah, yeah Jennifer, Jennifer Coolidge. Coolidge a co- combination of Catherine yeah. O'Hara and Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, I just thought she was very funny, um, eccentric, like, you know, she's got that slightly mad energy about her, theatrical, and very wily, you know, in trying to become a, a PI. I, I really liked it. I'm really invested. I will continue to watch this. Yeah. Good. Well, I think we can accept it's just me. Yeah, you know, me, true. the moron who just didn't get it. Oh, I think. God. Listen, do you know what? I've, I, I was already feeling bad about that, even though you guys goaded me in saying it. And then I remembered about Angry Ferret, and suddenly I don't feel so bad. Oh, that's oh, true. Bad. Well, I'm don't the Angry never Ferret feel bad this week. For calling James a moron. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you, are, you are, at best, the quite happy ferret this week. So. I'm very happy. No, I'm, I was about you're to a very say happy no. ferret. No, 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 no. Yes, you are a very happy ferret because you're speaking to Colin from accounts. <gasps> well, not specifically Colin, but you know. You Colin. Know oh no, not Colin. No, actual no. Colin won't be there. Gordon. He might and be. Ash. You don't know. You think they'll bring Colin? Well, surely, if you bring a dog they over might... from Australia, you've got to go through like quarantine or you something. Still do it though. People do. Oh my gosh! <laughs> can you? Can you? Imagine, I mean, I'm not promising. Can you imagine, Boydo, if, if Colin there. wheeled in? <laughs> Colin is wheeled in. I might break. Do you know what? If I'm going to get some dog treats, just in case. Just in case he's there. Okay, fine. Well, uh, High Desert, the the weirdly named High Desert, appears on the Apple TV Plus. Boydie on ah seventeenth uh, on the seventeenth Wednesday, Wednesday the seventeenth. Yeah. All the comments is how all... you can tell it's funny. Apple comedies on a Wednesday, yeah. dramas on a Friday. I think that's possibly for my benefit, so I know if something's yes. supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it dropped on a Wednesday. Oh, I'm You'd supposed think. to be laughing. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Oh, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, uh, we need to talk about Pilot TV Plus, Boydie. What else is out this week that we're reviewing on Pilot TV Plus? It is oh, without, um, without, sin. Without, sin. Sin. without Sin. Which is the Vicky McClure starring um, three-parter or four-parter on ITV, which which aired on ITVX when it first launched kind of late last year. Around Well, in fact, this aired around Christmas time. So I, I, I kind of mentioned it then, but we had never actually got around to reviewing it. So And we still haven't got around to reviewing it, so we will get around to reviewing it on uh, Pilot Plus. Will I find week. this one funny? No. This okay. is a serious psychological thriller, and it airs on Monday in, on consecutive nights on ITV1. Okay. This time. Cool. Anything with Vicky McClure. We'll get into that mm. on Thursday when yeah. we'll also be doing spoiler specials for episode eight of Succession. Yes. The whole third season of Ted Lasso so far. Yes. I mean, yes. obviously, what we've seen. We're not going to spoil stuff you haven't seen. No. Not least of all because we haven't seen it either. But, uh, and also, me and Boyd may or may not be pressing on with Yellow Jackets because Kay is oh, yeah. out at this mm-hmm. stage. Kay has abandoned yeah. Yellow Jackets. No. no, thank you. Wow. It's yeah. over. It's lost her. That's it. She's gone. Um, so that'd be fun. So do tune into Pilot TV Plus on Thursday for that. What else is out, Boydie, that we didn't review this week? Well, there's um, there's a show called Hapless, which is on Prime Video, which is the second season, which is around from Monday the 15th. And that it's Gary Senior scripted. It's it's starring Tim Down. It's a bit like a British Kirby enthusiasm, if you can imagine such a thing. That's what kind of what it's, it's trying to do. And um, he plays a journalist for the Jewish Inquirer newspaper. And it's a kind of quite a Jewish humor-based show. I really like the first series, but it's 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 one to look out for on uh, Amazon Prime. On Prime Video, sorry, not Amazon. Forget Amazon. And um, The Family Stallone, which you referred to already. Oh, no, did you refer to... No, I refer to Arnold. The Arnold. Documentary Arnold. Oh, confusing. Yes. There's an Arnold documentary. Yes. And there's a Family Stallone documentary which starts on Thursday and Paramount Plus, which is all about Sly and his daughters and wife. His daughters, Sophia, Sistine, and Scarlett. 
that's yeah, kind of that's a reality. He show, does basically. like a bit of alliteration. Doesn't he does he? like a bit of alliteration. There's a Netflix documentary about Anna Nicole Smith called "You Don't Know Me," which is on Wednesday, the 16th, which looks absolutely fascinating. I think telling her story. The final season of Fear the Walking Dead yes. <laughs> comes to uh, it's AMC. It's AMC show, isn't it? it is. So so that's on AMC in the UK. That starts on Thursday, the 18th. Uh, primo, yeah. primo. I don't know if it rolls it R, but it's Primo. That comes to Amazon Freebie on the 19th. I forget what that is. That is a comedy about a 16 year old being raised by his mother and five uncles in San Antonio, San, in San Antonio Texas. Okay. Yeah. Last King of the Cross is an Australian drama. Starring Tim Roth, um, about tr- it's a true story about two brothers who kind of end up being nightclub bosses involved in crime, I think, and that's on Sky Max and now on Thursday at nine o'clock. Uh, I think that's about it. I, I'm, I'm quite, uh, I'm, I'm slightly obsessed with Sylvester Stallone's nomenclature for his children. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is what the Kardashians are. They're all yes. K's, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yes. Yeah. Did you know George Foreman, big George Foreman? Yeah. Had five sons, called them all George. Yeah, I did know oh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, is that from the film? The uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, five sons, all called George. Fantastic. Yeah, that's. Quite... Do you reckon he called them like George the Fifth, George the Fourth, <laughs> George the Third? Yeah. I mean, it, that's quite the ego, it makes, isn't it? No, but it just makes it easy, right? George. Yeah. Exactly. And then, every, then everyone comes. Like that. That doesn't make or any no sense at all. Or no one comes. Yeah, yeah it's one or the other. Oh, interesting. Uh, what's our pick of the week? I think for me, it is High Desert Desert. <laughs> high Desert Desert. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I might go with that, yeah. I like Steel Town as well. What about you? Foundation, then, is our pick of no, the week. No, come on. The, the gentleman who got in touch with us said we had to agree. It's difficult. I, mean, I didn't enjoy anything this week. No, you miserable. So, well, what did you hate least? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really what we're going for, isn't it? What did I hate least? I... I might go with... Okay, it's very hot, okay? Yeah. So. No escape. Tell us within the next few hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with no, no escape. No escape, really? Yes. You surprised I me. Hated I hated that the most. I thought you were more damning about that than yeah. many of the others. No, but remember, he doesn't, he doesn't understand humour. I don't understand humour right? and I don't yeah. understand so true like, crime. Yeah. So at the very least, okay. I understood this, mainly because I started it in the middle. Maybe that's a secret. If I watch everything, like yeah. pick an episode from the middle of the run and start with that, that's... that's that is depressing. That's what's going to work for oh, me. That is sad. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Okay, fine. What well, that, a note to end What a yeah. note to end with, indeed. That is it for this week's Pilot TV podcast. All I can do is apologise at this point. But if you, for some reason, enjoyed it, please do head on to Apple TV Podcasts and leave us a five-boat yeah. rating. You can follow us on social media, at Carabera, at Boyd Hilton, at James C. Dyer, and, of course, at Pilot TV Pod. We'll be back next week in your ears with some things, possibly with Colin from Accounts and his two owners, oh, yeah. possibly, oh possibly, if that doesn't go horribly wrong. If uh, you, I'm just saying, if it does go horribly wrong, I'm just going to... Kay may not be here. Yeah, I, I think I'll just take to my bed. Uh, and there's depressed. a lot of stuff on next week. Poker Face comes to Sky Max. Fubar, the Arnold Schwarzenegger series, comes to Netflix. Uh, the Ark, the Sky Sci-Fi series, The Ark, which I'm very excited about. I really want us to review, and I'm slightly concerned we won't have room to do it. Uh, mm. That arrives next week as well. American-born Chinese on Disney+, Plus and Platonic... Uh, uh, show, which I think is Roseburn and Seth Rogen yeah, arrive on that. Apple. So there's quite a few things to choose from. I don't know what we're going to do, but if you tune in next week, you will find out. <laughs> Pilot out. Pilot out.